Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, everyone, to the 246th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Very exciting weekend. Yeah. Car- Carol and I got to meet Gordon. Yeah, we were really happy to see you, man. It's, when was the last time we saw you in person? The last time we saw each other in person was... Could it have been the marathon? No, it was the baby shower. Ah, the baby shower. Okay. But, but the, the four I haven't of seen, us, yes, yeah, I haven't was seen Carolyn the marathon. The, yeah. Jeez, when was the marathon? Um, March. November. No. November. November of last year. It was November? Yeah. Where? Yeah. I mean, we've been really busy this year, dude. We've been traveling. You've been traveling. It was November. <laughs> it was November of last year. Where does time go? Well, so I, know, like, right? I remember it being a bit chilly. And I'm just trying to think because I, we, Lane and I had a trip. We just came back. We like just arrived back and we hopped in the car. We stopped at my parents' house for a moment. I think we took a quick nap. I can't even remember. And then we came up to New York City. And I'm like, I cannot remember where we came from. Well, holy smokes, that was November. Jeez yeah. Louise. I know. That was before Lanny was even pregnant. Yeah. I know. Wow. Okay. So, sorry about that. Um, no, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, we got to see you. It was really great seeing you. Obviously, I know that, uh, you know, it was good for you to see. To, for you, you, were, you were definitely excited to see Gordon. I was definitely uh, excited to see Gordon. Gordon was... Uh, See everything that you were fussy. He was very fussy. So fussy. (laughs) But I mean, it is what it is. I get it. He's been getting Uh, fussier, and I think that's what they say. And I wish I looked this up beforehand, but I literally wasn't really thinking that I would say this. But they say that babies get a little bit more fussy. They cry a bit more. I want to say it was between like weeks either four and six or weeks six and eight where they hit their peak and it starts to decrease from there. And so Gordon, uh, it just turned four weeks today. And he's definitely been getting a bit fussier. He, he's awake. He's awake a lot more, but he is constantly crying when he's awake. And so it seems like he feels like, oh, I'm awake. I'm. I need to eat. And yeah. and uh, it's like, well, we just fed you a decent amount, and you detached yourself. Like you stopped eating, and you kind of started to get a little sleepy, and then you just woke up, and you were like, it's time to party. And then you were like, wait, no, it's time to eat. I'm like, wait, you, you just stopped eating like three minutes ago. Why are we crying again? Right. So it's this perpetual cycle of like not having enough to feed him. You know, we could only we're only giving him as much as Lena has at this point. We're trying to we're trying to stop this this supplementing of the formula altogether. And um at the same time it's like, well, you know, we're feeding him plenty. We're definitely giving him plenty of milk, but you know, Lena can't have an excess supply all the time. Oh, totally. Um but it was nice to see uh you obviously it was nice to see uh, Elena, um, but it was also like, you know, Carolyn's first time seeing your guys' place. Uh, it was sort of just nice to relax for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and even though he was a little bit fussy, I don't think it was like something that like made it impossible for us to, to hang out, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, just sort of, it just sort of worked out. And I think it was really amazing to see you as a dad and Elena oh, as a mom. Yeah, it's still weird you know, to think just, about it like that. I mean, you're, you're in dad mode. Like, and I don't yeah. think you even realize it when you're like sort of autopilot in the dad mode i think it's i mean it's it's incredible you know it's inspiring and i'm really proud of you thank you 
yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's really weird to think of myself as a dad. I it can't be every. It I think it's still because nobody, nobody's physically calling me dad. You know, he doesn't speak yet, so I don't have right. somebody calling me dad, 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 or in or someone calling Lena mama, mom. I say like, go to your mom, like you know, oh, I'm gonna pass you off to your mom now or something like that, and that's kind of instinctual, I guess. But I still have a hard time thinking. Wait, we're parents. <laughs> as stupid as that sounds. Um, but yeah, he he was a bit yeah, definitely a bit fussy for a bit and he's he definitely settled down for a little bit at some point. I can't even remember exactly when that happened. I looked it up really quickly and it says that uh babies peak they're uh crying at about um week six to eight and it ultimately dramatically improves after three to four months of age. And there apparently it's all because of supposedly it's because of colic. Oh, okay. I don't know if, if that's for everybody though. Like he doesn't, I don't know. But so yeah, he, uh, we'll, we'll, we're, we're, time's flying by. So I'm sure we'll hit that, you know, that three to four month period, that four to five month period really fast. I also think that when we get to that period, I, we were just talking about it earlier today. We only got, we got like a, like an, uh, like two hours, um, just two hours to, uh, together. We just went out, grabbed some, like a, a late, a pretty damn late lunch and then took a quick walk around in the park. And we were talking about how at some point we're going to get to a point with him where he becomes, it, it, it's just a lot. It, he's just in our life. Like he's just a third person who's, you know, always there. Like, you know, the same way we got used to each other after we, we got married and moved in with each other. Eventually it's going to be just his, he's going to be our normal. And when that happens, every day is going to, I mean, days have been flying by already because of how much work is involved in the days. But I think when we hit that new normal as well, thing like the days are just going to really blend together because it's going to be kind of that monotonous type of thing and so before you know it, we're going to go from like month seven to like 12 and be like wait wow he's a year old now so trying like it's it's a weird thing they always say oh try to enjoy it and it's really hard to enjoy it because a lot of it's difficult and frustrating too like the lack of sleep last night was tough um but i'm trying to be present through all of it and at least I think it'll be one of those things where it's like, oh, in the future, I'm going to look back on this and be like, oh, man, I miss those days. You know, I miss when he needed me all the time. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, they say try and be present throughout all this stuff. But it's hard to be present when, like you said, he's waking up and all he wants to do is feed. Yeah. Uh, and the... I mean, like, even when I was holding him, you know, he was crying. I was like, man, this has got to be so tough because obviously I have no idea what to do, right? Certainly and at right. some point, you must have had no idea what to do. But, you know, with each passing day, you you and Elena are definitely figuring it out more and more. I think that was probably the funniest thing, realizing that after he was born. It's like, oh, we're his parents. We're responsible for this. So the first, like, two diaper changes, I think nurses were there for us to do that. Um, but afterwards when he was crying when he, he needed a diaper changed it was us it was all on us i never changed a diaper before or at least like you know if i had like had i if i changed a diaper before i certainly don't remember doing it so you kind of just jump right into it like oh you act you you just fake it till you're there like oh i act as if you've changed a diaper before it's not it's not a very complicated thing to do really you you you, you un you, you unstick it you wipe him a couple of times till he's clean and then you put the, you slide the new diaper in, and you stick it back in, stick it back on, you know, the little straps. 
or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. So it's a pretty simple process. But when he's crying, it's really difficult to figure out how it is that you can sue them. And you kind of just accidentally stumble on things that that soothe. So the thing that I the thing that I found is kind of like dancing with him. I'll hold him just like on my left shoulder, kind of just support his head with my right with my right hand, and then I'll kind of just like bounce with him. I'll just walk and bounce, and he uh, like he'll he'll stop crying almost immediately. Now the issue is, except for at night when he wakes up at night, he's really hungry. He doesn't really stop crying with that, but it's really difficult then to um to keep doing that and keep that up because if i if he's hungry i can't be dancing with him and prepping a bottle <laughs> so you're you and if lane is around it's like okay now this is just a waiting game i gotta try to like keep him calm as much as i possibly can but that was just something i guess i stumbled upon i was probably just like messing around with him and i found that oh as i was walking it like kind of um bouncing or shaking like you know whatever i guess yeah bouncing he he just found that that was uh it was soothing for him. The other thing that I found is when it comes to going to sleep, this usually helps is put it like just laying him in bed next to me, just like kind of like keep my hand on him, like just kind of around him, my arm, and then just like just keeping him against my chest and just breathing. And that usually soothes him to sleep, especially in the middle of the night where he will seem seemingly want to eat for forever. Or if he gets his fill and he's like, okay, I'm just going to hang out now. Um, sometimes it can be difficult to get him to go to sleep because as soon as I put him in the bassinet, he will just, uh, he'll start to get fussy because he doesn't like being alone. So I'll just like wait, I'll wait with him till he falls asleep. But what I found last night was that he just wanted to be up most of the night. And, um, I, at like 8am, I think this morning, maybe 7am, he started to do that. Like I'm getting a little fussy right now in the crib. I'm not hungry, but I'm fussy. So I picked him up. I said the crib, the bassinet, I picked him up and brought him to the bed. I fell asleep, man. And you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to fall. You're not supposed to sleep with a baby right. in bed next to you. You know, you can roll over him and, and, and uh, or he can like, you know, lose control of his head, kind of block his airways. So I think I fell asleep for like a good hour or so like that. You know, Lena was there too, but knocked out as well. So I was definitely, um, you know, glad that everything was fine when we woke up, but I got to be a little bit better or more conscious about that. And I think I just need to be better about not laying down with him. I, like it may have soothed him for a bit, but I might have to figure out something better um, where I can't sleep until he sleeps. Right. So, um, man, like even when we were talking about like, you know, not showing up empty handed, Carol and I, you were saying that because I was thinking like, man, he's only been like a month to today. Is today his one month? Four weeks today. Four weeks, yeah. four weeks today. Yeah. That, uh, you were saying that he was already growing past the the size one diapers, or that you had enough size one diapers, but you yeah. needed to like get ready for size two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they only get bigger, so like you're always you're usually prepared for like what's coming immediately after, but uh, the next step you're not quite as prepared for. So we have, I think I told this before, we got we got like five hundred size one diapers from a community baby shower at one of the local hospitals, and. We also got some size one diapers from um, the baby shower. And then we also got some size twos, but not a ton of size twos. So now that you guys hooked us up with, with I don't even I don't even know how many you got us. I didn't even count them. But you hooked us up with, I think, like a box worth of, of size two diapers. We're definitely set for quite a period of time with those. And it just allows, it gives you that, like, it just gives you that extra stock when things start getting really hectic. 
and you don't have the time to make it to the store it's like okay great you know we need we need to go up in size and we're prepared and we're prepared to do to go up in size and not have to go to the store for you know a week or more probably more if necessary so yeah definitely appreciate you guys bringing that it was really nice yeah absolutely absolutely we uh, we checked out the target on 202 and uh it was one of the remodeled targets and yeah. it was amazing it's like super open now yeah i've only been in there once it was it like just got finished very recently saw i saw a dad walking through with his like six-year-old son there the other day and this the kid had had a pacifier i was really confused about that um <laughs> yeah it's uh i remember when my parents moved in and we went in to like grab some toiletries that the whole produce section wasn't open yet yeah it was like all like canvas uh like the the tarp blocking it yeah and so yeah. it's like i i really had no general uh, sense of how the store was going to be and then um when i read online that target had like completed or either completed or is continuing uh this campaign to remodel like 500 stores like big box stores uh nationwide mm. and continue to build out the target mini store um that they had seen a like a like a crazy uh increase in their uh in their stock for it and i was like oh i wonder what that looks like really? I, I don't even know what like a like a remodeled uh yeah, like target looks like target looks like right and now yeah. i love the fact that not everything is uh, are in these like long uh aisles i mean some of it's all still in aisles i think aisles are pretty much what we're used to at this point yeah uh but i mean it was cool i didn't i didn't walk around too much we just we we literally because we were running late right so we yeah, just ran yeah. to grab the the diapers and then we bounced that's almost exactly um, i was gonna get you a bigger it. box of the diapers uh but there seemed to be a run on size twos because there was oh, like really? one, like like uh what n1 yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, four, five, maybe that's, even six. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I think they go up to six, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I was looking for, like, a big box of them because it would just be easier to carry because I'm walking around with, yeah. like, four of those guys, and I'm just like, I don't, like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, we, we definitely appreciate it. It's extremely, extremely useful. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that Target was upgrading like that, but... It, so after I, I just I just um, I just hung out with a, a couple right before the, I think it was the weekend that that uh, it was the Friday before Gordon was born, and I was talking to um, the uh, the guy the couple he was saying he works at Best Buy and he works at the Best Buy on on two hundred two, and he was saying that that Best Buy is is um, I can't remember if he said it was the number one Best Buy in the country or if it was like top like you know five or top 10 it was it's it's really high in terms of in terms of revenue i was like wait really he's like yeah he used to work at the christiana one and you know whatever their number was i can't remember what the numbers were but it just like pales in comparison to the brand new one and i was like oh i wonder why that is and, and i and we were speculating at least that a lot of families live in that chat you know the chats Ford garden valley school district and on 202 this target and the best buy are like the first things that you hit as soon as you enter Delaware where there's no sales tax. So you have a lot of these like richer families coming in from uh, Pennsylvania, even Jersey even. And this is like the first, these are the first like targets, best buys, whatever else, uh, like big box retailers 
that that you hit and so they get hit with a ton of business so i was just surprised to hear the difference that he said in the comparison in between the uh the christiana best buy and the the, the brandywine best buy but yeah so then it makes it makes sense to me then that the, that that target brandywine was one of the first at least in, in our area to be upgraded yeah that's crazy though i wonder why that is is it because of I didn't even think the suburban sprawl was like that. I didn't think so either. Yeah, I didn't think it was either. But I think a lot of people come to this area, a lot more people than I would than I would expect because of that tax free shopping, especially when it comes to a place like Best Buy. You know, if you're trying to buy like a two thousand dollar computer, you know, I mean, it's really smart. They put it two minutes, not yeah. even from the border. <laughs> yeah. Target is like the first Target's like the first big store that you recognize as soon as you enter. And, and literally one traffic light later, there's Best Buy. There's also quite a few furniture stores too, and I guess that's why there's so many furniture stores on that stretch of 202. I never really considered that either, but there's like there are literally two Raymore and Flanagan's within a mile from each other. I don't, I still will never understand that. It's I, th- I think, think it's even within half a mile from each other. Just because of the volume, other. or do you think that's like there's something more nefarious going on? So there is there the uh, the Raymore Flanagan in the same in that sh- uh, shop right shopping plaza has been there for years. I'm not quite sure when it came, but I think it may have been there when we moved to the area, which was in 2001. Uh, the one that is near the Target on the opposite side of 202, kind of in between uh, Target and Best Buy, that one used to, that one was like three different furniture stores before it turned into Raymore and Flanagan. So I guess at some point it, it was, like all these furniture stores always go out of business. That's the other thing. They, everyone's got a furniture store. I guess they get a ton of business, but they also go out of business all the time. I guess for some reason, Raymore and Flanagan bought them up, but I, I was always expecting the one at the ShopRite Plaza to close down, but they never did. No idea why. It's I said they're within a mile. It's like it might be within like half a mile of each other. They're that close, just on opposite sides of the road. It's like it's like a a, a McDonald's or a Starbucks or or a gas station where it's like oh so it's just for the convenience of not having to pop a pop U turn we put one here too. Yeah, the uh, what I've what I've learned driving around that area with Carolyn this weekend is just how much nicer it's also like low key gotten. Um, seeing as how I pop in every few months, yeah. Uh, not only is that Target area like super built out now. Like, we drove around, we're like, there's a Red Robin uh, that has outdoor seating next to that big fountain. That fountain, that's fa- yeah. That's that Red fancy. Robin's been there for a bit now, um, yeah, but a lot of the shopping stores along that back side of Target used to not be there, like the Kirk- yeah. Kirkwood or something like that. Whatever I think it is. It's, I think it's still there, at least. There's like a Christmas tree shop. I yeah. don't know what that Christmas thing sells. Christmas tree shop is great, yeah. What does they, Christmas tree shops even sell? Is it just Christmas stuff? No, it's not. That's what I always would have thought. I think they're owned by, is it Bed Bath & Beyond? Why would Bed Bath & Beyond call the store Christmas Tree Shops? I'm quickly Googling to see if I can figure out w- which company owns it. Um, yeah, their, their, their parent company is Bed Bath & Beyond. Why do, they, why do they call themselves Christmas Tree Shops? Name? Um, the first complex on Route 6A explains why the name is Christmas Tree Shops instead of Shop. The chain's founders were Doreen and, and Char- that doesn't explain anything, actually. Um, I have no idea. They don't just sell Christmas stuff, though. That's what I always thought, and I thought that was a silly store. I was like, you're a seasonal Christmas store that's open 24 se- or not 24-7, that's open year-round. 
they're just a uh i don't know they just have a bunch of variety stuff they have a variety of things they have some um like grocery style items but i think more like packaged goods more like processed stuff they have like nuts and other things um and a lot of it's relatively cheap so i don't know i i can't really describe it it's it's like a cross i guess of a maybe like a home goods and bed bath and beyond and target if that makes sense <laughs> that's weird yeah that's I don't weird. go. It's I don't go there too often. The thing that Lanny gets there though is parchment paper. They have parchment paper for pretty cheap. Well, compared to everyone there, else, is there a reason why it's cheaper? Like, are there like different grades of parchment paper? No idea. No clue at all. That's a question for Lane. Um. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. What else did you guys do? Because you know we hung out for what like th- three hours almost. It was it was it, it was good 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 timed visit I think, but uh, you had plenty of time afterwards. Uh, so what we ended up doing was we we just went back, we hung out with my folks, we grabbed dinner out, and then we played a little mahjong at night. The four of us. Oh yeah. Uh yeah my uh, my sister Jesus uh my mom uh my dad. Carol and I, we sat around the dinner table and we played Mahjong for the first time in, in years together. My parents have a set, uh, but because they usually play cards, um, they they don't really pull out the Mahjong set too much. And, and Carolyn knows how to play. Uh, but because like our set and the set we usually play on, A, is uh, they have different looking tiles. Uh, and also B, my parents play like the Chinese rules version while... Earl, who we play with normally, plays separate set of rules. Um, it was like took a little bit of getting used to, and then yeah. there were also some other things that we didn't know. So like, when you discard tiles, you know how like you know how people sit in mahjong. No, I actually don't. You basically sit around like a table, right? So each side on sets, uh, each person sits on one side of the table. In front of you are two rows of oh, okay. like uh, a stack of like two by 18 tiles right um and then those are the walls and then your hand has uh 14 tiles for the chinese version whenever you discard a tile we used to play where when you discard it you just sort of threw it into the middle right okay. like sort of uh it didn't matter where you put it just put it in the middle yeah so i'm looking um, at i'm looking at pictures online this this actually i have seen the way people say it yeah yeah um, but the way the chinese kind of this pile just kind of thrown about in the middle Right. The, the Chinese rules, though, state that when you play, you have to actually place your discard tiles in front of you in a row so everyone can see who discarded what. Uh-huh. And what, what that does is it sort of adds to the strategy of, like, all right, if I see yeah, you yeah, discarding yeah. X, Y, and Z, I know that I can build, you know, ABC because right. you're not going after that or something. Right. Um, the way we used to play with Earl, because you just toss it in, like, you don't really know what other people are going after. You get a, you have, like a like, a fog of war of what's going on. Um, but this one, like the, it's a little bit clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we 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 did that, and then we what do we do? We we went to bed pretty early each night, uh, and then we woke up, and today we kept it pretty uh, pretty relaxed. Um, chilled at the house, parents made breakfast, and then nice. parents made lunch. I helped, like, uh, Carol and I helped, like, you know, install a deadbolt on a door. We, like, uh, replaced a light bulb somewhere, uh, <laughs> replaced some stuff in, uh, 
like like these stoppers in the back of the toilet bowl, uh, Uh, whatever the thing is in the back, just so that it doesn't leak at night. Um, my dad loves the dog. My dad, like every like hour or so, will like take the dog. I just be like, I'm going for a walk, and then he like go for a mile walk. And that's so funny. So like, he definitely Oliver definitely got uh, a lot of exercise this weekend. And uh, it's nice that you know my parents are, you know, excited to have the dog over and, and all that. So I'll never uh, get over how much grandparents love to spoil. I say, I say grandparents love to spoil. All right, so how much parents will love to spoil either their grandkids or their grandpets? I was yeah. never allowed to have a pet when I was a kid, but my dad, at the very least, loves um, my brother's dog. And and I, it sounds like you had the same story. It's like you couldn't have a dog. I know that you couldn't have had a, you couldn't have a pet when you were a kid, but all of a sudden you show with a pet, and your parents are acting like, oh, they would have loved to have had a pet when they were when when you when you were a kid. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean we. You know, my dad said that, you know, he grew up with a dog and, uh, but we never really had a shot at getting a, uh, so a why, dog growing up. why wouldn't they have let you had a dog? I think because everyone was so busy. Okay. Uh, okay. I gotcha. don't think. It wasn't like they didn't like the animals. They just didn't know if the dog was going to get the care that it needed. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, I think now because they're a little bit more retired, uh, I think my dad's mulling the idea of getting a dog. Mm. But uh, the, the the fact of the matter is that they travel so often that it'll also be tough for them to like be able to take like two to three week vacations the way they do. Yeah. Now that being said, I'm sure they can find a uh, a place to put the dog. But you know, it's just it becomes another yeah. uh, variable in yeah, cost. So. Uh, you know, my dad's always really excited when the dog comes over so that he can, uh, like there was a, the, the, the perfect thing today was, you know, my dad, uh, wakes up earliest. And so he like opens the crate and takes the dog out before like anyone's awake, comes back, we eat breakfast right after breakfast, he takes the dog out again. Um, and then like right before lunch, he takes him out again. Uh, I feel like whenever my dad's like super bored, he goes, I'm taking the dog out for a walk. Yeah. Um, and then uh he like passed out on the couch my dad passed out on the couch and then the dog sort of like was like sleeping on his belly you know it was like one of those like perfect like rock, uh what norman rockwell sort of moments yeah uh and it's nice that oliver sort of a, a nice lap dog but i feel like if we left the dog with my dad he would like lose 10 pounds because of like how often <laughs> he'd be walked you know yeah um so uh what's it called so yeah i mean it was it was nice to sort of see the parents um and you know they they uh this idea that they want me to come home more often and you know we do our best you know we certainly do our best and they, one of the things that they said immediately when i got back was you know we got a big house so that we can try and you know have room for everybody again and it's like <laughs> you know how it works man you know how it works um yeah but uh but now that you got a baby i'm sure i don't know if your parents are hounding you the same way not really um i mean they so hounding you for a second one well we're cl- 
<laughs> definitely not. We're close enough that we get to we, we get to visit quite a bit. And and actually, since he's been born, we haven't been able to go there as often because you know just it's just another thing we kind of have to plan to get out the house. So my I haven't seen my parents for three weeks now. They haven't seen Gordon for I think three. I can't remember if they visited since, but yeah. Um, so something like that. And before Lena and I were there, usually around every every week, stop in like every weekend, maybe every other weekend. Um, but yeah, because we're, we're close you, it's a bit more of a hike for you. You got to kind of like plan that out. My, my other siblings make it home. You know, it, you, you can count the number of times, maybe on one hand, I guess with Mustafa, maybe two. And that's the, the irony of his situation is that he lives like the furthest, but he somehow seems to make it so often. I think because of just his work schedule, work from home and his work also brings him out to the East coast a fair amount. So yeah, you, you try, right? But it's tough. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's just, like, one of those things where, you know, parents want to become grandparents, right? And, you know, they, you know we we had this, like, long conversation this uh, when we were home about, you know, how they, they think I'm putting too much stress on myself to, like, do all these things. And they think I need to do a better job of, like, easing back on stuff, you know? Really? And, yeah, they're like... You know, we see you, you, we see you working, we see you running, and they just think I'm trying to burn the candle at both ends. Hmm. And the, uh, just as thought, I think that they want what's best for me through the eyes of what they think is best for me based on their, like, life experience. Yeah. And so I can't fault them for that. Um, I just think that, you know, life experiences can be different. Um, and the, uh, yeah, just gives you something to think about, you know, I think I said something similar when I came back from that, uh, bachelor party trip where that, uh, where that guy gave me like all this, like he sort of like, upended my worldview and it's sort of nice to do that every once in a while. Cause when something that destabilizing happens, you know, you never know what sort of nugget might come out that might be that you could sort of tie yourself to and be like, all right, maybe, uh, maybe this isn't the worst thing. You know, right. and I think I'm trying to do that uh, unsuccessfully, obviously, but trying to think about how uh, how my 30s should be should be lived. You know, so I certainly lived a certain way from my 20s to 30s, and we've talked about this in the past of burning the candle at both ends, is sort of my mo. Um, and whatever I do, I feel yes, you should do well, and that means you got to give 110 percent, and you know, mental health, physical health, sort of be damned, and uh, so that's why I sort of got as unhealthy as I did when I was at Ogilvy and then as I've gotten healthier I feel like I've sort of swung uh, the other way where now it's not just about running to clear my mind it's about running certain distances under certain times and you know if the running isn't giving me the stress relief and it's only adding to the stress what am I doing so you know it's just a lot of things to think about uh, but it's sort of nice to have these conversations like out in the open with people uh, especially people who have like your best interests yeah. in mind. So when you do try and, like I said, uh, upend the worldview or just try and present a different perspective that it just forces you to sort of sit there and just like take it, right? Uh, take it in and, and, and think about it. And I'm trying my best to genuinely take it in and, and sort of discuss things through and let people know how I feel about things and all that. But, you know, to, to expect a, a overnight change is unlikely let's put it that way 
Yeah, I um, but I'm, 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 I am certainly feeling that you know whatever got me through my twenties was one skill set, and what 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 I need to get through my thirties. You know, trying to get everything I want. You know, it's a. Uh, I forget what movie it is. It's a. Uh, oh, you know what it is? It's a, uh, Mad Men. Mad Men's talking to. I think it's like Heinz or something, or uh, no, no, no. Heinz is not. Uh, he's not talking to Heinz. He's talking to. The uh, oh London fog, I think, because they're selling umbrellas and like uh, rain jackets or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, you know, you guys have eighty percent of the market. He goes, you know what I want? I want a hundred percent of the market. And I've yeah. always sort of thought about that, like you know, whatever you want, like you want all of it, and you're allowed to have uh, to want. You're allowed to want all of it. Whether or not you can achieve all of it is is up to you, right? If that's the thing, if that's the if that's the energy you put out in the universe, then have at it. Like no one, no one's going to tell you, not no one, but the idea is that you know, you putting out in the universe, you ha- you have that uh, that capability to to put that energy out there. Now, whether or not you have the the fortitude to follow through with it is a separate thing, right? And so I think I've always been able to focus on things that that require only me to be the primary driver. Because I know I'm willing to, to kill myself to get this goal, right? Um, but that's not always the healthiest way to look at yeah, things. Yeah. Um, and not I always. don't know. I don't know how to like pull back on stuff. I understand. I mean, it can be a bit difficult too, right? But I guess that yeah, that that that's I guess that's why you think about these types of things, right? Uh. Yeah. Exactly. So that's really it. I mean, overall, it was a really nice weekend, and uh, it was nice to get out, uh, be at home, check out the house. You know, my parents are definitely, uh, they're coming along with the house. Things are sort of uh, becoming more and more lived in, and that's sort of nice. Uh, they good. really like the uh, the neighborhood. It's got, like, uh, all these, it's got a really nice homeowners association. It's got, like, uh, this, like, mile-long paved path around all the houses, uh, like a nice sidewalk, you know, with like these like thick, like square slabs of concrete or, or stone or whatever that you can like walk along, and then they have like all of these different like jungle gyms and like little like workout things, and uh, you can walk right into the Target uh, or Regal or Lowe's or even the uh, wow. like TJ Maxx, so uh, Trader fun. Joe's. Like it's like it's all open and accessible like by foot, so it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing, you know. My parents said that they watched a movie recently, but they still drove because by the time it got out, it was ten o'clock, and they didn't <laughs> want to be walking around late at night. Yeah, I think I know where. I think I know where they are. Um, yeah, I've seen. I've you, seen that area before. Yeah, yeah. You, you can you can get a little peek. Um, what's What's funny is we're so close to the border. My dad said that like behind our uh, property is like a, a little set of trees right and on the other side of the trees is a small house and that small house is in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. it's like the, the arbitrariness of those state borders is like that's yeah. a pretty uh, tangible effect <laughs> you know I'm sure you're sure pain sales tax um, but uh, but yeah it, uh, it is what it is and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon I just don't know when you know yeah yeah definitely but yeah we, we certainly appreciated having you guys come by it was great it was a good time. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it was also nice to see Elena's mom. Ah, oh, yeah, uh, right, yeah. And his sister, period, yeah. right? Yeah, 
Yeah, sister's funny. Uh, mom's yeah. funny. So yeah, uh, good people. Um, yep. Thanks for the coffee, even though I spilled like half of it on me. It wasn't half. You, it was like three drops. No, it was a lot of drops. I just <laughs> you, you got weird cups. You got cups with weird angles. I shouldn't I have given you that cup. My bad. I shouldn't. I should have yeah. given you. I should have given you the glass one. That was my intention to give you the glass mug, but I I, I left that one out, and and it was uh it was a mistake. My B. Yeah. We have we have a lot of cups. Um. You want to take a second to talk about uh, Andrew Luck? Yeah, sure. I got some views on Andrew Luck. Um, <laughs> you got some views. You got, got a hot. You have a hot that. take on this right now. I don't have a hot take on Andrew Luck. Okay. I think Andrew Luck is doing the best thing for him. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, man has been. That man has been beat set, uh, six ways to Sunday, and yeah. he deserves to have his brain and body intact for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really unfortunate. That the Colts fans, once boot they him. once it got leaked, booed him on the field for what I'm that so, man did. I'm so disappointed that it got leaked. Yeah, uh, I think the front office did it. Uh, I, I think the front office tried yeah. to try to mess with him that way. And you know what? If Luck unretires and comes back to a different team and beats the Colts in the playoffs, <laughs> the, you know, more power that story. Sh- yeah, the story should be told that way. So. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I, I am, uh, I'm conflicted because I don't want to say conflicted. I'm, it, it's sad for me because, uh, you know, I am a Colts fan. I was really looking forward to this season. They, they finally beefed up that O line, and it seemed like they were going to actually be able to help to, to help, to help protect Luck, because that's been an, an issue for the last like three, four years, and everyone's known it, and so when it, you know, it comes out, oh, he's retiring. It's like, oh man, you know, like. My first thought, and maybe this is because I'm just like not as into football these days as I am into uh, the NBA, but my thought wasn't like anger or or like complete sadness over the over the potential success of my team. It was it was and like you know you keep, we keep hearing stories about um, from football players about this like their bodies are so beat up, they're concerned about their health, whatever the issue might be. They're retiring at an age that's much younger than you would typically expect when you still think that physically, at least if they were healthy, they're still able to compete. And the story for him was he's been battling these injuries for the last like four years and he keeps ending up in this cycle of and that, that's literally how you described it was a cycle of injury rehab. Um, you know, I can't remember what the, the exact phrasing that he used. It was injury rehab or, or, or rest rehab. I think something like that injury rest rehab. And he just kept finding himself in this cycle that was seemingly never ending. And it became draining on him, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. And he was having trouble enjoying the process in the way that he used that he used to, you know, when he was younger. And so he found that he and he said the last time that he found himself feeling like this in this cycle, uh, he told himself that if if this happens again, he is just gonna do what he needs to do, and that might be retire. And that's what he chose to do. So, yeah, totally, fully support his decision. Again, like, it's, 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 uh, I guess, sad or whatever, but as a, as a fan of the team, but I'm 100% like, yeah, do what you need to do, right? Cause, exactly. cause like, you know, it, what happens if he, if he, if, you know, like a KD type of situation happens, right? He comes back, he plays, gets injured, like worse than, than, than before. Or, 
yeah, he might, he, you know, he could win a Super Bowl. Who knows? But at the, you know, for uh, for the sake of his his continued health into the future, you know, quit, quit, find something else that you love, and uh, and be happy. So, I wish him the best. Not that he's gonna listen to this podcast, but I certainly wish him the best. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you never know. You never know. Maybe, maybe we'll be like the fantasy footballers where we can pay <laughs> him to say, like, "Hey, my name is Andrew Luck," and right. The, uh, the Stone Cold Silver podcast is my favorite podcast on the Citadel or uh, on the space station, wherever that Mass Effect meme is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny because Andrew Luck is also a sensitive issue for my fantasy league right now. Yeah. Um, we just resolved it. Uh, I figured out the right way to resolve that. Um, there's this idea, right, that we have an auction keeper league, uh, and we'll end it after this uh, this rant. So just grant me two minutes to, to get this off my chest. Um third year in the league which means it's the uh second time that we've been able to hold keepers right yeah. uh the idea of the keeper is you get to keep three players on your team going into the draft uh every year there's an associated price on that player it's usually uh the auction dra- uh, price that you got him at or the waiver wire free uh free agency uh, auction budget that you got whatever is higher okay okay and if you hold a player for multiple years the percentage increases sort of by a certain amount um and the idea is if you keep him we, we i set the keeper uh deadline um a month before the draft all right because this group of people in my league can't get their shit together right uh, we had to schedule the draft three months in advance. Wow. Okay. That's how this stuff works, right? The the league as a whole cannot get their shit together. And so I had to do things way in advance because otherwise people would come to the draft and say, I want these players, but I need keepers locked in latest an hour before the draft. And so if somebody doesn't get it, then they're going to cry foul and the whole league is going to ru- get ruined, right? So I got this guy in the league who kept andrew luck for eleven dollars and then we found out last night that he retired and so he's throwing this fit that he should be able to drop him because he retired and then it's my view that you take on you assume the responsibility of the player you keep for example i paid 46 dollars 20 over 20 percent of my auction budget to keep zeke who just turned down (laughs) <laughs> a contract extension so he could sit out 10 games right right now in a standard snake draft that's a top four pick yeah right uh you don't hear me vision you know why because i'm a goddamn adult all right <laughs> because I that's, responsibility. that's 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 what the risk is right I mean, that's what the risk is you're if somebody retires like, or yeah. somebody uh gets arrested it is what it is. In injuries. Everything right? is considered a long-term uh, injury. Right. Right. It's not, that's the that's the nature of the game. That's why this is so tough. Right. You assume the risk like by players, holding on to somebody. You can't just look at the upside. You could just do the same equation where it's like, okay, well, if it's a keeper league and you're and a player gets injured in the preseason, you don't just give that person a buy on that player. Right. Like if they tear their ACL, they're not coming back this season. That's it. They're they're out. So if you know if if Zeke got injured in the preseason, let let alone decides to 
you know, rather than decide to sit out this this whole season, you're not going to go ask for your what was forty some bucks you said. Yeah, you're not going to go ask for your forty some dollars back because you don't want to you don't want Zeke anymore. That was the risk that you took by right. having him. So this is like this rather than calling it a retirement, you might as well just say he's injured and out. Um, however, uh, as the commissioner, I didn't create a bylaw for this. As stupid as that sounds, Rezo, I did not create a bylaw that ironed out exactly what a keeper does based on the definition of a keeper league. Hmm. And so he literally just said, if you guys vote on this, you're only punishing me because he only thinks about things from his perspective. And he said that if it passes, I'm dropping myself out of the league. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is a 31-year-old man who <laughs> was crying over spilled milk because he didn't like the role. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what was this what was this the the decision? So you know, I hate this I hate the taste, but he's right. We can't we can't punish him for a rule that wasn't written out. And so we're going to let this one go. But then we're going to vote on it next year. And I'm going to call it the uh, his name is a bitch 2019 rule <laughs> so that whenever we refer to it as someone who, who tries to pull this stuff again, we have to refer to it as his full name is a bitch 2019. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess I don't, I don't know how I would have voted in that instance, to be honest. I mean, I wouldn't say that you're punishing him, but it's really just like because because there's nothing you, like who could predict this right so the next time it happens it's just like oh okay we didn't have this written down before but but the next time it happens the next person's being punished in some sense well exactly because their player decided to retire like they're they're not gonna be able to get out of it at that point right exactly so why are we in an auction keeper league to begin with because like you can just drop a keeper at any time after you had to declare keepers right because this, because a keeper, like the keeper, has to. You can't just declare your keeper the day of the draft. You have to establish this way in advance so that people can figure out how they're going to be drafting people. Right. Because if you're taking this seriously, you're you're going to have a plan going into the draft. And if it so turns out that that Zeke Elliott is is available because you decided not because he's not he potentially might not play, but you just don't want to pay that much money for him, and you're going to decide that last minute. That will that will throw things off pretty significantly, right? So, I'm gonna drop that in the group chat and see what happens. I'm gonna right. propose that by the rules that haven't been ironed out, I'm gonna drop Zeke for free and see what happens. <laughs> you know, if we all if we all wanna be four years old, we can be four years old. <laughs> also, um, if he wants to, it's just it's just frustrating. I get it though. You know, you can't punish someone if the rules aren't there. But yeah, the I mean, idea I, is, are you operating in good faith? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, and the argument here is, you're not argue, you're you're not acting in good faith. Yeah. Right. Because now, if you win, if he wins this year, that's an asterisk right there, man. That's an asterisk right there. Right, because you couldn't win in good faith, and you can tell yourself all you want, but the idea is, like, when you win, that we all acknowledge the winner begrudgingly but like we still acknowledge that you won now it's like now you're barry bonding it 
Yeah. Right. Seventy three with an asterisk. So enjoy your seventy three, but you get an asterisk with it. Anyways, that's all I have. All right. Yep. We'll uh, we'll end it there. I don't yeah, think we'll we have anything it, else to add, right? Uh, end rant. Yeah. All, all right. right cool. Well, with with that, I am Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Thank <laughs> you.